It's such a thrill for us to be able to chat to you again about the work of the Word for the World. I don't know if some of you may remember us, but uh, we shared several years ago in the church, at the meeting at the school at Grace Vineyard Church, about our work of Bible translation. Uh, we have been working in the Word for the World for nearly 30 years, Julie and myself, and we've seen a tremendous growth. God has been at work in the Word for the World. Um, we started just with one or two projects way back in the early 90s, and now we have 136 full-scale Bible translation projects worldwide. It's been a most exciting journey. And the secret of our success, which makes us different from other Bible agencies, is right from the beginning we've discovered the secret that nationals, the people who actually want the Bible in their own language, are the best people to train and empower and give them greater control and leadership in the, in the countries that they are working in. So we are more like a scaffolding, working to build up a national movement of Bible translation in each country where we work. And just to give you some examples of the secret of our success is like in Tanzania, Julia and myself went there in 2004, and within, five, within, within two years we started 10 Bible translation projects through training um, language groups all together, working together. And today there are 22 uh, Bible translation projects running successfully, being uh, managed by nationals. We have um, Tanzanians working in the office from national director right through. And uh, we've even now training Tanzanian consultants, which uh, there are two there that are getting quite close to working independently. So uh, one of these days, Tanzania won't need any help from the outside to do Bible translation. But uh, Word for the World does help to fund the translation projects, to fund the training and uh, we also use nationals to be involved in the training. So God has led us to wonderful people that we can empower and work together with to train them to do Bible translation for their own people. So one of our slogans is translation for the people, by the people. And you'll hear that many times if you listen to Word for the World videos. So um, we are not only working in Africa. Uh, we have about 58 projects there. 26 running very well in Ethiopia and several new ones even in Zambia, Zimbabwe and so on and Malawi. And Malawi is where Julian and myself started way back in 1991 and within 10 years we were able to translate with our team of translators the whole, whole, whole Bible um, and we thank God it was published in 2006. So um, I'm going to just let Julia share briefly about the work that she's been doing with the Word for the World. Hi, uh, it's uh, wonderful to be with you somehow or other this way and uh, just uh, thank you for the opportunity of sharing uh, the work with you. Uh, I'm really excited and um, overwhelmed a little and enjoying and challenged uh, in a new role I've taken on which is to be the editor of the all the training materials for the training department. Um, I also have to manage all of the end products and make sure that they're all in the right state and in the right place so that other people can access the most um, up-to-date and uh, improved copies of, of our training. So we have about 28 um, training programs, modules, and each of those can be 
80 pages or more. And so I have to edit all of those and uh, make sure that they're in a good quality. And they are then translated into the lingua franca of the areas where they're going to be taught. And then I need to make sure that everything is up to date and uh, then uploaded onto the internet for students to access. So um, it keeps me very busy now and I've never finished my work. And since I'm my own boss in that uh, regard and working from home, um, Barry's very good at disciplining me, <laughs> telling me when to stop. Uh, I just wanted to share a verse with you that encouraged me recently as I was reading the word because everything we do, so what I'm doing might seem quite technical and linguistic, um, but everything we do has the ultimate goal that people will be transformed uh, by knowing the Lord and by receiving his word so that they can more easily um, look to him and be transformed by him because we know that it's it's not it's not us we are part of the agents um, and it's not just the word of God but it is the word of God as the Holy Spirit brings it to us as we look to him that really is going to impact the world impact people in the very best way and how can we hold that back from them so uh, we've recently in our family Bible time been reading in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3 from verse 15. If I could read that for you, it says, Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their heart. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. So I would just like to encourage you. You have the word of God in your language. As you read the word, look to him and uh, allow him to transform you. Be in dialogue through the word and, re, uh, and pray the word. And uh, I know it will transform you um, because the Holy Spirit will write it on your heart. So, so if we can do that since we have the word, but what about those who don't? Let's all get involved and try and ensure that whatever we can do, it's all going to be so that people are transformed. So God bless you. Thanks, Julia. Yeah, you know, um, we started our work in Africa, and that's where I thought I was going to stay, you know. And I actually just thought we'd perhaps just do one full Bible in our lifetime. But then God took us to Tanzania, and we started those 10. Then we came to the UK, and we've been here for 10 years. And during that time, and just before we came, I started getting these requests to please come to India to help the work there. And I thought, well, what do I know about the Indian languages, and how can I help? But um, I began to visit and help in the training program and then started realizing that, you know, actually the basic principles of translation are the same, whatever language you work amongst. And uh, we can work through uh, interpreters and we use a, a computer program that gives us a very accurate back translation 
into English of what the Indian languages have translated because there there's 17 alphabets and I can't even read one of these scripts, let alone, you know, a letter of what the word is saying. So I need the English version to see what these guys are saying in their translation. But we do work with teams and the other specialists who do understand that writing and what we call exegetes who have been already trained in translation that help the teams to make sure that they've got an accurate English back translation. So we've actually started 58 projects in Southeast Asia. Isn't that exciting? Um, over the 10 years, we've had a couple living in India and they've just started more and more projects. And we have one cluster project where we checked 12 languages all together doing the Gospel of Luke uh, together with the teams. And this has all been possible through the work of uh, Paratex, the computer program. So we now have these 58 projects in um, Southeast Asia. And I had the privilege just recently, in fact, last week, I spoke to a new country. Uh, we probably shouldn't give the names on the internet. Um, and it uh, was 12 new languages where people um, across the, um, let's say they live near to Thailand. And uh, I was able to visit them on Zoom and talk to the translation teams, encourage them and tell them about myself. And we are going to be doing consultant training and training these 12 new language groups to improve their translation. Some of them have started the New Testament and even got into the old, but they feel they don't really have much training and their work has never been properly checked. So um, we need to just help all the languages to get a good translation of the Word of God. So as Julia said, we are so privileged in English. We have many, 20 different versions, new ones coming out all the time and improved ones. So we need to really help people to get God's Word. And we've also started work in another country, in um, north of Thailand. So we have about three or four brand new language uh, areas that we are working in. Word for the World is expanding all the time. And uh, Thailand has become a hub from which we work into some of these uh, very unreached and uh, communist bloc countries. So we'd value your prayers for that. Uh, we we'll also do quite a bit of work through um, Skype. Um, in, and I've been checking the Roma translation, which is based in Slovakia. And uh, praise God that over the years we now have checked um, only four major uh, old prophets are left. So um, nearly that another Bible. And just to close off, we actually have 26 New Testaments basically at the press right now. And seven full Bibles in the Word for the World. So it will make our total nine full Bibles and that have been translated and now will be published in uh, you know, these foreign languages that have never had scripture. And then we've already have about 25 New Testaments. It'll nearly be 50 New Testaments already available for people to read the word of God. And it's through partnerships like yourself. And thank you so much as a church for uh, being willing to partner with us. And um, we are praying in the UK that many churches will get on board, many individuals. And we are trying to re-engage uh, a real wave of excitement uh, because we know Jesus is coming soon. And what's happening across the world with Corona, to me, is a warning cell. It's like God ringing the bell. Dinner's nearly ready. Uh, we need to wake up and get this work done. So won't you join us in prayer? And let's really partner together. And uh, we're going to be uh, excited to share, perhaps in the future, how God is going to use the UK to help us raise maybe a million pounds to get the Bible translated in more and more languages. 
So um, won't you get involved with us? Thank you for letting us share about our work. And just to encourage you that, uh, you know, the, in, in 2 Timothy, it says all of Scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching and training, etc., so that the person who served God might be thoroughly equipped with every, for every good work. And how can people truly know Jesus without the Bible in their language? And uh, you'll see a video clip that shows you that only about 700 languages have the full Bible. There's still so many Old Testaments to be translated, and we are one of many Bible agencies that are involved, and we are trusting God for 500 languages to have a complete Bible by 2050. That the word for the world has been directly instrumental. But thank God for Wycliffe and others, Bible Society, who are also working with us. And we do work in partnerships to see everyone get a Bible. And we do believe that everyone needs the word of God in their own language. Thanks for letting us share about this. Que el que no naciere otra vez no puede ver el reino de Dios. Jesus antwoord hom: Ek is die weg en die waarheid en die lewe. Niemand kom na die Vader behalwe deur my nie. Jesus answered: I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Can you imagine not being able to read God's Word in your own heart language? For many people around the world, this is a reality. The world has 7,361 living languages. Did you know that only 683 of these languages have a complete Bible available? In other words, less than 10%. The Word for the World, a South African-born organization, is currently working very hard to change this. The vision, alongside other organizations, such as Wycliffe, is to have a Bible translation process started in each of the world's languages by the year 2025. The Word for the World's mission is to train, assist, and empower nationals to do the work of Bible translation for their own people. So the nationals become project leaders and actually do the translations themselves. The translations are checked and rechecked against the original Greek and Hebrew text to ensure accurate translations. We also do literacy programs alongside our translation projects so that those who are illiterate can learn to read the Word of God. When people finally get the Bible in their own language, lives and communities are changed, relationships are restored, churches are planted and pastors are trained. But more importantly, translating the Bible leads people to Jesus and guides them in their relationship with God. We want to invite you to partner with the Word for the World. We need prayer partners and financial partners. Together, we can help translate God's Word for every tribe and tongue. So partner with us today and give people the gift of God's Word. title of my message today is Facing Your Giant. I'm really excited to be sharing some insights from the Word of God with you today and trust that you will be encouraged in your faith to press on and to see your victory with God. 
So I'm going to share a few verses from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, <clears throat> reading from verse 3 to 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Father, I pray that you would really speak to our hearts today, encourage us through your word, and may we truly sense your presence and your victory in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm sure many of you have had great battles, faced big giants in your own life. One of my big giants was disability. In 1982, I fell from a three-story building, broke my back, and lay paralyzed in hospital. Perhaps you've had other giants where you've been retrenched, lost your work. And we had a massive giant one day, our son was kidnapped. And perhaps even now today, you're having a, a big giant. You know, you've lost your job. You know, coronavirus has really devastated your business. Your future doesn't look certain at all. Well, we can take courage from the scriptures today because Paul says that the battles that we fight are not of this world. So we don't wage war as this world wages war. And um, the one, my very most important main point is that we are going to face trouble. In this life, you will have trouble, as Jesus said. So the point is we are going to face these issues. But Paul gives us great words of encouragement. He says, we live in the world, we don't fight as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Isn't that great? That we can draw on God's divine power to demolish strongholds, to tear down giants in our lives. And what kind of giants are we talking about? I mentioned a few in my introduction, but... One of the giant that seems to be just gripping people is fear. Uh, coronavirus has influenced the entire world. And uh, I used to travel a lot as a consultant, doing my work of Bible translation. And all of that has had to stop since March. And we don't quite know how we're going to proceed into the future. So a lot of us might be experiencing fear, insecurity, perhaps doubt as to is God really in control? Uh, how can this be happening? certainly one of the most uh, dramatic events in world history for the last since probably the second world war so deaths around every corner um, the coronavirus is taking people out so but the word of god says we can demolish these strongholds so i've got good news for us today we don't have to fear god is in control and i wanted to just take your minds back to this young man david who faced a big giant uh, Goliath was this nine foot tall guy who was threatening the armies of Israel and his brothers were terrified his bigger brothers he was the youngest and the little runt of the family um, and Saul was the, the king at that time and Saul also said look you can't handle this uh, then David said well I don't really need armor to tackle this giant and David said no try mine on but it was far too big for David and then David just faced the giant with a little sling in his hand but listen to what David said in 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 45 David said to the Philistine 
You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. What confidence he had in God, this divine power that he could call on, that the, the, arm, the battle was not the, his, it was the Lord's battle. And that is how we should be tackling our lives today. And I want to give you a few keys of how we can tap into God's divine power. The first key is knowing God and knowing his word. What we read in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 10 verse 5, it says we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So we see that the knowledge of God is of ultimate importance in Paul's life and in Paul's argument here. He had a bit of an issue with the Corinthian church. There were false apostles, people that were trying to discredit his ministry. And in fact, there was false teaching in the church, discrediting the word of God and denying its truth. So Paul says, no, uh, we uh, demolish every argument that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and every pretentious thought. And who's the master of pretension or deception? It's Satan himself. So we need to know God. We need to have an intimate knowledge of God's will in our lives and of his word. The enemy that prowls around seeking to devour us is Satan, and he tries to deceive us and tries to get us away from knowing God and spending time with God. So the first key is really to know that God is almighty, he's with us, he's victorious, and the battle is the Lord's. It belongs to him, to God, the almighty creator who loved us and gave his son to die on the cross for us. So we are more than conquerors if we know God. He's the, the best pal that we can have in any fight. So um, second key would be, it says that we should take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. So um, how we wage these wars are not through physical strength and power, but rather through humility and obedience to Christ. And taking every thought captive, I think this is an important key as well, not just to let our minds run riot and worry and think about things and become overly active in our thoughts, but have that one central thought that we are servants of Christ. We submit to Jesus and he is the one that is our master and Lord. And when he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. The battle is won. So with such submission to his father and trusting his father, who is God, we ourselves can be obedient to Christ. We can follow in his footsteps and not take the battle into our own hands, but be submissive to Christ, who has given us all authority, even in heaven and on earth. So we can claim these promises. Um, David, in the story in uh, the battle with Goliath, he basically said, the battle is the Lord's. I'm not coming you against you with sticks and spears and so on. I come in the name of the Lord. And who is that name? The name of Jesus. So we can trust God. He is in control. We need to be obedient to Christ and to his word. You know, the, the Bible also says in John chapter 1, the word became flesh. So through obedience to Christ, it also means through studying and obeying the word of God. 
if our lives are in line with God's word, if we are reading his promises daily, we will overcome. We will be able to demolish strongholds in our lives because we won't be depending on our own thoughts and schemes, but on God's word. So I encourage you to get into God's word. That's the second important key. And just the third one is knowing what our weapons are. You know, we have tremendous weapons. And Paul gives us a bit of an insight into that in, in Ephesians chapter 6. Um, he says in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, putting on the full armor of God. So what is our armor? He goes on to say that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers. So we also need to know who our enemy is. It is not human beings and the world system. It truly is Satan that we are fighting against. And he's the stronghold. He's the one who puts these strongholds in our lives that we have been given divine power to overcome. So um, the armor of God, the, the, the first one is the, the helmet of salt or the belt of truth actually is mentioned in verse 14. The breastplate of righteousness. Then the feet fitted with the readiness to share the gospel. We need to be sharing the gospel with others. Often we, great, we gain great insights and our faith is strengthened as we share the good news. And then he talks about uh, the, the helmet, the shield of faith, and then the helmet of salvation, knowing who we are in Christ. And lastly, and most importantly, in my talk this morning, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So once again, the Spirit and the Word work together. And we need to know the Word of God and handle it correctly so that we can claim the promises and know what God says about us. And the battle is the Lord. And we know that we might not win every single little fight, but we do win the great battle. And Jesus is coming soon. So we need to be ready for him. But um, the sword of the Spirit, I do believe, is the, knowing and understanding the Word of God, but also allowing the Holy Spirit to come and indwell us fully and to become in control of our lives. So we need to be done with sin, ask God to forgive us where we do sin and fill us with his spirit. That will give us divine power because the Holy Spirit will be living and controlling in our lives. So let us be encouraged today. Whatever your situation is, God has given you all the tools you need. He's given you the keys and he's given you his armor that we should wear so that we will not be overcome by evil, but we will overcome evil with good. So just bringing it down to today's context um, with the lockdown measures and not being able to meet as a church family. Um, perhaps still some of us might be on furlough. Uh, we're not quite sure what the future holds. But friends, we know who holds the future. And we can walk with confidence into the future. And knowing that uh, while we are still on this earth, God has a plan for our lives. And we can make the most of every opportunity, as it says in Ephesians 5. And you know, find out what the will of God is. So we need to spend time waiting on God to find out what does he want us to do. Even it is day by day, trusting God to give us direction in his word. And uh, just in closing... The wonderful good news is that victory is assured. David slew the giant and Jesus Christ not only died on the cross, but he rose victorious. And the amazing verse in scripture is that one that says, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us, he will quicken our mortal bodies 
and give us that divine power. We too will rise again and meet Jesus face to face. So whatever troubles we have in this world, they are just momentary and light. And as we navigate the future, let us remember that we should keep our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. So we do win the battle. And in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, I love that verse. We not only do we get there because we believe in Jesus, but it says people from every tribe and nation and language also get there. So one of my giants is that I'm now the director of consulting services in the work for the world. And I've taken on the responsibility to oversee the consultation, which is the checking of the accuracy of the Bible. Um, every verse of the Bible in now could be another 500 languages. So obviously we work as a team. I already have 26 other consultants that work with me. And we have got 29 in training. I'm helping to mentor many of those. So I would value your prayers as I face my giant that, yes, we want to get the word of God into every language by 2050. And we know Jesus could come at any time, but let us labor forward for him, whatever God has called you to do. I know for Mark and Jill, their giant is Pearly, to reach everyone with the gospel in Pearly and beyond. And we're so grateful, Mark, for your partnership with us in um, the wonderful uh, work of Bible translation. So may God bless each one of you as you face your giant, and may you know the victory is assured if we trust God. May God bless each one of you today. I'm just going to close in a brief word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. It is so encouraging to know that the battle is yours, that you have won the victory, and Lord, that you have a, a wonderful plan for our lives, and the plan is not to harm us, but to prosper us to give us a future and a hope. So won't you just encourage our hearts this, this day as we think about the future and even the present, that, Lord, whatever has taken place in the past is done with, that the Bible says we must look to Jesus and not to the past or to the, the, the circumstance. Like Peter walking on the water, he looked away from Jesus and he sunk down. Let us keep our eyes on Jesus. Let us put on that full armor of God that we can be secure and safe in our knowledge of the truth, in our knowledge of you, God Almighty. Thank you for your divine power to demolish strongholds. And we do come against them in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for the power of prayer. And Paul in Ephesians uh, chapter 6 says that we should pray on all occasions. And that's what we want to do. We pray against all the difficulties and problems in our lives. And thank you for the victory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you.